Shut up and sit down. What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast, episode two, and we switched things up just a little bit here. Um, one of the most uh, significant changes uh, is the name that we've come up with for the podcast. So we were live from the living room, which I thought, after some reflection, was just a bit generic and didn't want to be didn't want to be generic that way. Didn't want to be bland. It seemed a bit bland after I said it a couple of times. It didn't seem right, and you know, you sometimes just got to go with uh, with your gut on it. So, uh, who knows? Maybe this iteration's the last one. Who knows? Maybe we'll change it up again. I don't know. Uh, but we're gonna hold off on throwing the name out there a lot to cut down on some of the editing and all the shit that goes into uh, getting a podcast out and uh, live to you guys. So, uh, right now, I'll just say uh, that the pod, the new name is. The quiet part loud. The reason I wanted to name it that was because I think the basis of this show, what we're going to try to do, as I said in the introduction episode, is uh, be you know 100% honest with you guys at all times, and that's going to piss some people off sometimes. That's going to you know that's going to make people you know feel special sometimes, <laughs> um, you know. But the main thing is we want to say what people and myself are thinking but oftentimes don't say for lack of a forum that we feel safe or comfortable in uh lack of you know maybe the the decorum you know of of what you're saying where you're saying it uh may not be right well i want this to be a place where without intentionally offending people this is a place where you're going to get those unfiltered opinions. That's the bottom line here. It's it's really just about being true to us, being true to myself, and not having these unnecessary filters uh, put on us because, you know, that's, that's what podcasting is all about. And I think it kind of leads us into one of the, one of the, at least for me, one of the main topics of, of the last kind of week or so that's, been getting some attention but I don't think it's been getting attention with the average Joe if that's the right way to describe them the average Joe on the street the average kind of citizen the average consumer um, net neutrality Jesus fucking Christ I mean if there was a civil rights issue of our time that required and demanded all of our attention it is net neutrality to be honest with you, I don't care about, you know, I've got room to care for all these other things. Me Too campaigns and, you know, the stuff that's going on in Hollywood and in Congress and in the UK Parliament with sexual allegations and Brexit and, and all of these things. But one of the main, this is the main thing for me. Net neutrality is the main thing for me that's going on right now. And it really pisses me off that it's not getting more traction with the news which have obviously their 24-hour cycle and their five-minute attention span which is translating directly into the general public um but with like the people on my facebook the people on my twitter the people on instagram 
you know, the, hello, like this all matters. Net, net neutrality is why you've been able to grow from nothing to a bikini model with 11 million followers on Instagram that gets paid thousands of dollars per month to basically hold a cup or a, a fitness shaker and stick your ass out with a G-string and, like I said, make tens of thousands of dollars a month. You don't get that with net neutrality being repealed and with the regulations that are coming, trust me, uh, and, the, and, the, and the new rules that are coming basically going to be put in place by those that control the taps, those that control the pipes that deliver the internet to you. And who are they? They're the ISPs, right? So they're the Comcast, they're the Verizons, they're the Skies, they're the uh, British Telecoms, they're the, Veri uh, the Virgin Medias, they are the, you know, the Bells, uh, the Kojikos. I'm going through Canada, America, and the UK right now. But they are the people you get your cable from, get your satellite from, get your telephone from, you know, get your internet from. Once the, the new laws come into place, you are under their control. You are then subject to their will and subjected to the tariffs that they want to put in place for you to access content online. Or if you're a publisher, there's nothing to turn around and say, well, you have this much traffic coming to your site. Uh, you need to pay X amount. So for companies like Facebook or Google who, you know, let's be honest, I don't care about because they've got more money than God, they'll be able to pay, but they'll probably strike up sort, some sort of a contra deal where they split or siphon some of the ad revenue off and then play, you know, pay some sort of a license fee. Who this is going to hurt? This is going to hurt people who want to start a business from home, who want to be independent, you know, leave their job and just start up a uh, craft store at home and make some extra money or, you know, whatever their online business may be or their online presence may be. Well, if you have a shop all of a sudden and, you know, there's, there's, there's no uh, law in place that says how much, you know, before you'd be free to do what you wanted. You start your shop up, you get a domain, pay for it, pay a license fee and off you go. You're trading you set up an online store, you get some stock in, maybe you make your own t-shirts, whatever it may be. That's fine. Well, now, you know, Verizon could turn around and say, well, you have to pay us on top of that because we know you have an online business, you have to now pay us an extra uh, $200 a month. That could be your profit margin. All of a sudden it's gone, you can't operate a sustainable business, you're out of business, you're gone. Or they might say, well, uh, you have to pay us. We noticed that you access Facebook uh, 15 times a day from your home and you also do that on your mobile phone. So you have to pay an extra tariff of, uh, you know, 20 quid a month or, you know, $20 a month or something like that. We don't know how this is fully going to uh, roll itself out yet, but one thing it's not going to do is it's not going to further the democratization of what the internet is. You know, the internet is a free space to play. It shouldn't cost me more to get to one site than it does to get to another site. And it shouldn't cost Facebook more than it costs me or vice versa to get the bandwidth that I want in order to operate my business. So net neutrality to me is, a, it's, 
it's an absolute uh, violation of, as I said, our civil rights, our freedom of speech, our freedom of expression, our freedom of press. It's, um, it's, a, real, it's a real stain. And to say that this is something that affects hundreds and hundreds of millions of people globally, and it was decided upon by five people, one guy who was, I believe, uh, and if I just check, I'm pretty sure he worked at Verizon. I mean, he's been quoted and heard in meetings saying, I'm basically just a puppet chairman for the FCC because, well, guess who's paying him? You know, he's getting, he'll be getting all this money from these ISPs to vote the way he needs to vote in order for these laws to be repealed. And that's exactly what's happened. And nobody said a fucking word about it. There's been a couple of snippets here and there online about it, but, you know, we're more interested in what, how many Pepsis or how many fucking Cokes Donald Trump is drinking a day. I don't give a shit. Let that fat prick die of a fucking heart attack. I don't care. He's fucking the world up, and I'll tell you why you know he's a goddamn criminal, because he didn't say anything about this while it was happening. Instead, what's he doing? He is supporting publicly a guy who's been charged by a 13-year-old of sexual misconduct. Multiple 13-year-olds. Multiple underage children. Albeit 40 years ago, well, we shat on Dustin Hoffman, and that was the same sort of time period ago, and apparently from the stories I've heard about that, he touched a girl on the knee. So give me a fucking break. The fact that Donald Trump hasn't come out and said anything about this is disgusting. The fact that we, as a society, are more focused on retweeting him saying, I don't drink this many Pepsis a day. I don't watch this many hours of television a day. Who gives a shit? He's half a retard. Excuse my language on that, but he is. And he knows nothing about politics. He knows barely anything about business. He's one of the crudest, most ignorant people that... I've ever had the displeasure of listening to or hearing and one of the biggest issues of our time and he's absolutely silent on but he will come out and say I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about what I'm going to do with Robert Mueller yet the guy who's investigating him for criminal activity and his transition team for criminal activity you know he'll come out and say that and speak on that but he won't say anything about this he won't say anything about net neutrality. I mean, this is on us. I mean, ultimately, this is on us. Not me. I live in the UK. I mean, I've got my own problems here with this, you know, with this. God, what would you even call her? She looks like she looks like the witch with the poison apple out of that fairy tale. Was it Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? She looks like that witch with the wart on her nose, you know, and that cackle. She's horrible. She walks with a hunchback. She wears heels she can barely walk in. It's gross. And yet, you know, what are we worried about here? We're worried about Black Friday deals and we're worried about Trump's diet and all this stuff. I'll tell you what. Let him keep drinking all the Coke he wants. Let him eat McDonald's six times a day. Let him get three hours of sleep a day. Hopefully, he's 70-something now. You know, hopefully time is ticking real fast on him. Because we could all do without it, you know. But, like I said, we've got our own issues here. This came down to the American people. They put him here, and I understand why. Pendulum swing, more of the same if they were to vote for Hillary and all of that good stuff. But do you like where this has gone in year one? 
because if you do, then there might be a medical path we can take you down in to ensure that we can hopefully amend your thinking. Because, I mean, we just have to start with the EPA, right? He's, he's absolutely ripped it apart or he's ripping it apart. The what he's doing to shrink the public lands in America for what? The sole purpose of drilling for oil, drilling for coal or shale or whatever it may be or turning it into, you know, some residential, commercial, industrial sort of development plan. I mean, I don't know. Either way, you're shrinking public land and once you pour concrete onto public land, you're not going to put the grass there again. And America has some really special public lands that, you know, the citizens use and probably aren't even aware of the scope of them or what went into it or, you know, why they came about. They just know they have them, they can visit them and enjoy them. And once they go away, they're gone because capitalism, when unchecked, is cannibalism. And it's cannibalism of resources, it's cannibalism of, you know, of the lower classes of society, the middle class of society, and, you know, cannibal, cannibalism, yeah, there you go. Um, capitalism is, is, is available to everybody, but favors those that start on third base rather than, you know, starting in the batter's box, let's put it that way. Um, you know, I'm a big proponent of capitalism, I think it's great, but I think it can also be... A really detrimental thing. I'm not here as a voice for communism or socialism or any of that nonsense. Um, I'm just saying that, you know, look what we've done to the planet in the last, you know, hundred years or so since, you know, since the industrial revolution and the industrial revolution bred capitalism. And, you know, here we are, you know, we are an overpopulated world. We are, you know, the richest that we've ever been, yet we've got people sleeping on the streets in record numbers. You know, I live in London and it's one of the greatest financial hubs the world has ever known and we have a housing shortage. We can't house the families of Grenfell Tower, which if you're not familiar with, was a, an apartment block in the uh, borough of uh, Westminster, I believe, in, in London, in central London, that uh, caught fire. I believe lightning struck it or something like that. Uh, a few months back and basically the council in building it during the contract phase opted for a cheaper version of siding uh, or window shutters that was uh, flammable wasn't fire retardant so the official numbers that they give us are something like 83 people died which you know straight away I'm gonna call bullshit on because you know, I cannot, cannot imagine how many people were living in that tower block. You know, the types of families that were in that, the type of communities that made up Grenfell Tower, you know, would likely have larger families residing in a single residence. And to say that that kind of blaze, I mean, if you haven't seen the pictures, Google Grenfell, Grenfell Tower um, fire, and it will shock you. It lit up London. And it was one of those things that, you know, it was just a tragedy and it was a tragedy based on absolute incompetence and incompetence in the government is something that is a regular occurrence. I mean, what are we, you know, what are we putting up with here? Like these people, I think it's three months on and they're still living in Airbnbs. They're still living in, you know, shared accommodation 
they're they don't have a home to go back to and we say well there's a house in Birmingham for you and they've lived in London for 10 years we have a housing shortage in one of the most prominent prolific cities in the world what are we talking about here and then the secondary debate I see on a program like Sunday politics is well, how come we're not taking more refugees in like I'm sorry my humanitarian hat goes off for a second and I just think of it from a pragmatic logistical point of view you can't house the citizens of your own city that may be immigrants first or second generation some of them I don't know I haven't done the background on all the residents in Grenfell but it's kind of irrelevant because they were already here we're talking about not being able to house these people yet that we're having a parallel conversation about why we cannot accept more refugees I'm all for helping I'm all for humanitarian aid and the UK gives hundreds of millions in humanitarian aid every year to countries around the world but for a second can we take care of our own house can we can we look after the people can we look after our neighbors can we look after those that are our family in terms of our countrymen that aren't able to look after themselves and can we stop giving idle promises to to these to these desperate people by saying we'll have them rehoused in a matter of days we'll have them rehoused in a matter of weeks it's been months it's been months when this all started they were getting they were getting offered a couple hundred quid a couple hundred pounds for the in quotes apology or compensation for having their entire lives burned down in front of them because of a cost-saving measure they then went on to to look at the other uh, um, housing blocks in this city and I think it was a hundred percent failure rate on their safety standards like let's look after these people and to say that there's no there's no housing available we have a housing shortage in this city well again I question it because all you have to do is look out from a high point in London go to Greenwich Park and sit up on the hill by the observatory and look out over the city and count the amount of cranes that are cu currently building structures in this city you know somebody somebody once said to me you know you're in a good place you know you're in a place of prosperity where there's always building happening okay that's great and we are and I do okay for myself I live a relatively comfortable life but so many people do not so many people are are downtrodden the housing prices in this city are just disgusting you know and only going up which is marginalizing even more of us and I just think the whole system is sort of out of whack so we're we're all over the place and I know this is kind of going from one thing to another and I haven't prepared a synopsis or an outline or any of that sort of thing for for the podcast today because uh you know we're early days and what i want to do is i want to get a flow for this thing and i want to really kind of 
you know, investigate my own voice and my own narration and my own kind of just speaking uh, mythology. So I haven't prepared anything today. I just want to go off of a couple of issues and uh, and talk about a couple of different things. But this is certainly uh, this is certainly one of them. Uh, so I know it's a bit sporadic, so bear with us. I just want to, you know, like I said, just want to cover a few things. Um, and, and that was one of the things because yesterday I was listening to Sunday Politics and they have these ridiculous soundbite segments on it, which is why I'm such a, a proponent of podcasts, why I consume most of my media via podcasts and get a lot of my subject matter from podcasts because, you know, where else can you have an extended conversation with either one person like we are now, I'm talking to you guys and, you know, once these things get published, there'll be a feedback loop there and, and you'll be able to comment on things and interact with me and, 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 and do all of that. Um, you know, but once we kind of establish ourselves and once we get more familiar and, you know, and launch more and more of these shows, I want to get guests on. I want to have this two-way conversation for you guys to feed off of as well. Um, and I'm watching Sunday Politics and I'm seeing these, you know, panelists, these three panelists and this host who is just a bull-headed microphone that, you know, as soon as you start to make half a point on anything, she cuts you off to either give somebody else a chance to speak or to go to a commercial or be right back or go to a different segment or whatever it is. And it's just not the way to have dialogue, not about issues that are as complicated as what do we do about London's housing shortage. couple of suggestions. Okay, I look out over to London and I see all these cranes and they're all being done for private development. And I understand that the London Mayor Sadiq Khan um, has promised to get as close to a 50% uh, social housing to normal housing uh, ratio in any new developments. And I think it's currently sitting at 23% or something like that. But I would say that the overall structure of the renting system in, in London is a bit fucked up itself. The purchasing of houses, the stamp duty that the government has uh, imposed on, on people who are buying houses is disgusting. I mean, you know, for residents being able to buy their council house, that's great, but it's a bit unfair on the rest of us who bust our balls uh, and still have to pay these overinflated prices, you know, 300000 plus for a small one-bed flat um, on the outskirts of London is, you know, is, is ludicrous and it's, it's not sustainable, you know, unless you continue to do what you do and that's just open it up to foreign investment because I'll tell you why all of the flats in Canary Wharf lay empty. It's because nobody fucking lives here that's bought them. So why don't we stop looking at Britain as a shopping mall for outside tourists to come in here and start picking our society off and buying it and selling it to the highest bidder. Our water supply, Thames Water, is owned by a Chinese corporation. You know, things like this. It's just how about we how about we look at inside for a minute and start to start to recognize the problems that are going on through the current structure because if there's a housing block in Canary Wharf and it's got a thousand flats in it and twenty percent are filled, what what's what's the fucking point? You're gonna you're gonna sell the rest of them out as a commodity to a Chinese or Russian or whoever it may be investor so that they can make a twenty percent margin on it just because the simple value of London property goes up? How about not? How about making only twenty percent of any structure available for outside investment? Because then there's an actual premium on it. 
and then you can charge more to those people than you can for domestically. And there should be less of a charge for domestic purchase than there should be for international purchase. That's just my feeling on it. But what you're going to do then is you're going to allow more of that to be allocated to domestic purchase or domestic housing schemes or things like that. I mean, you know, Canary Wharf's a pretty pre uh, pretty prominent place. You know, why don't we move a bunch of the Grenfell people, tower, Grenfell Tower people, people and families into Canary Wharf? Because there's availability there for sure. And instead of saying, "Hey, you lived in Westminster, why don't you try Liverpool?" is fucking an asinine suggestion. How about just move them over to E14, stick them in Canary Wharf, right? It's still the Jubilee line for crying out loud, right? Or it's the DLR, or it's soon to be the Queen Elizabeth. So there's access points there for them. So they can still easily transition into work, still support their families, whatever it may be. But what are we doing? <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? The Sunday politics show that I was listening to yesterday was ridiculous. There was one gentleman on there, and I've forgotten his name, and I feel bad uh, because anybody that does a good job on those shows deserves a shout-out, and he definitely deserved a shout-out. Um, but I can't remember his name, and I apologize. But it was on the London portion of Sunday Politics yesterday, um, and we are on the 18th of December, 2017, and it is 1.23 in the afternoon. Um, so, again... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to rant and rave on that any more than I have because I think that was about 10 minutes. Um, but I will say that things are, things, are, things are pretty fucked up. You know, we've got, you know, the issue of the day, I think a couple months ago, was like transgender bathrooms, you know. And I'm all for equal rights of people and things like that. But is that really an issue? Because I honestly don't think it is. Um... I think having families displaced is an issue. I have, I think not being able to buy your first property in one of the most prominent cities in the world, unless you have a rich family or you happen to be lucky, lucky enough to have grown up in a council house that you can now turn around and sell for double or triple its worth, you know, is disgusting because you know, like I said, I'm, I'm relatively comfortable, but I mean, even I feel it, you know, even going to the grocery store now, it's like a hundred quid got me what? Like two bags and three bags of groceries, like, you know, a couple packs of meat, you know, a couple bits and bobs here. And before you know it, like it's a, it's a hundred quid and, and you're doing that a couple of times a week. It's just, it's a bit crazy. Um, so things are, things are a bit, um, a bit trepidatious at the moment. Let's just say that. Um, I think, I think we need. Uh, I think we need a change, man. I think we need. We're definitely gonna. America's definitely gonna need a hero. That's for sure. You know, they're gonna need to come in um, on the democratic side of things and and really come in and show themselves and be a proponent for honesty and truth and and um, and respectfulness and you know. Uh, a certain elegance of personality that the current guy sitting on the throne does not have. Uh, and it's to the point now where if you don't see it and if you don't 
respond against it, then you have to be held accountable in the same way that he is or he should be. And what I mean by that is you have a certain responsibility as a citizen. And it is to be an informed citizen and an informed voter. And if you vote a reality television star who has been documented as making fun of women, disrespecting women, sexually assaulting women, made calls for the intelligence community to be basically stripped down to nothing, being questioned on your involvement with foreign governments to influence a domestic election to what else? I mean, uh, we could really sit here all day, uh, you know, and, and discuss the things he's either lied about you know, the claims he's made that are, you know, tantamount to racism, sexism, or sheer ignorance, and the team around him. If you support these people, I don't know what kind of credibility that gives you as a citizen. And the, I think the time for, like, placating people with that point of view is over you know don't make fun of them don't 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 call them out you know everybody's entitled to their opinion yeah they are but if you're entitled to your opinion so am i and if you're entitled to think like an idiot and think like or let let's say make calls without thinking which is what led to this situation that we're in now then you deserve to be ridiculed in my opinion, you deserve to be, this guy stood up and supported a, a child molester. He's got like nine open allegations against him. If anything, this guy should be nicknamed Teflon Don because nothing seems to stick to him. You know, I mean, the Cheeto president, you know, the Cheeto in, in chief, you know, whatever, you know, kind of, idiot nicknames you want to give this clown he's still in the toppest he's still in the top office in the entire world and you know he didn't win the popular vote but he won where he needed to so yeah okay game the system okay great you know that was good you know from a strategic point of view but um the fact that it even got there the fact that he even made it out of the um you know, the primaries with, you know, all the other idiot Republican candidates. And this is not me sticking up for the Democrats because they're fucking horrible too. Um, anyways, yeah, it's a sad state of affairs. And if you're not vehemently against this, if you're not calling your congressperson or your state representative and saying, listen, if you follow anything he does, you do not get my vote. You have to speak with your actions, with your vote, and with your wallet. That's the only way you're going to make any change. That's the only way you're going to make any change. Um, and that's the same with net neutrality. 
you know, unfortunately, it's already been done. So now it's up to the powers uh, that are, you know, that we almost rely on. You know, these this is for now for the tech giants to come to the table and fight for us. Because if they don't, then what they're going to do is they're going to get in bed with the ISPs and they're going to fuck us even more. Um, so what you should be on the lookout, in my opinion, is for things like uh, companies like Google, Apple, Facebook, uh, Amazon, uh, eBay, uh, WeChat, Baidu, um, like uh, News Corp, uh, the Daily Mail Group, uh, Northern and Shell, uh, you know, big tech companies, guys, Yahoo, AOL, right? Like big tech companies, they should all be suing the government. They should all have active lawsuits filed right away. And if you're not seeing them within the next week, that's a problem. It's a problem. So just, yeah, again, FYI, because we've already fucked ourselves on net neutrality because if we didn't, if, if we wouldn't have just sat around then maybe something would have happened. Maybe there could have been a stronger public lobby. Probably wouldn't have done anything. Maybe not. But you've always got to stand up, right? You've always got to stand up and, uh, and have a voice. And I think, if nothing else, the, the purpose for the podcast is to do just that. It's to have a voice. It's to, it's to communicate the points about our society that I feel are important, that I think are funny, that I think are disgusting, that I think need changing, that I think are great and wonderful. All of it. It just so happens that, you know, and I know they've always said if it bleeds, it leads, blah, blah, blah. But fuck me, the news is worse than ever. You, I, I stay off the news. I try. I have to detox from the news. I have to detox from social media. Because it's so fucking negative, you know. If it's if it's another guy in Hollywood being accused of, you know, raping someone or sexual misconduct, or it's you know this person stealing from this person, or 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 this blunder of, of legislation, or you know the fact that we're going through Brexit, and you know, oh, it just again the same demographic that voted Trump in are the ones responsible for us leaving the European Union, who. I might add, have never fucking experienced an England without the European Union and don't have a fucking clue what they're talking about because most of them thought that they were going to get a lockdown on immigration and they were going to get their $350 million a week back from for the NHS that we pay into them. Guess what? You're not. You were fucking sold a, a load of bullshit. And you think you were ever going to see that $350 million? Are you out of your fucking mind? I mean, this is a very, very good, intelligent, wily play from Boris Johnson, who I think is ultimately setting himself up to uh, run for prime minister in, in, in a few years' time. Um, but, I mean, Jesus Christ. People fucking, like, they followed Donald Trump, they followed Farage and Boris Johnson into this, into this abyss. And it was Middle England... And motherfucking old people that said, yeah, that'd be a good idea. Uh, you know, stop the immigrants coming in. Like, oh, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. What makes London great, 
what's always made England great and what's a symptom of our British empire is the fact that we have a multicultural, diverse society. And the reason it's not boring in London is because there's 300 languages spoken in this country, in this city. You know, you can almost find every single person on earth in this city in some scale and some capacity. And it's good because of that. I agree we shouldn't have a floodgate open. You know, our NHS isn't built for 60 million people. It was designed to, you know, it was designed to look after 6 million people. But if you're spending it on bullshit, if you're blowing our cash on other things, and I'm not talking about the EU money that we spend, of course you're going to have a sick healthcare system. But you know what? The NHS is still functional, and we can fund it with more money, and we can bring it back up to a glorious status of a universal healthcare system that it is. Um... We just need to focus, man. We just need to focus. So, I'm just uh, I'm just looking on Twitter and seeing what's going on, and uh, I'm just seeing the Jake Tapper, the Jake Tapper thing about uh, Roy Moore's guy when he was saying how uh, Muslims uh, can't run for Senate or whatever it is because they have to pray on the Bible, and and Jake Tapper just rinsed him. And he's just sitting there with his mouth open, catching flies, this idiot. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's hilarious. You should definitely Google it. Uh, Jake Tapper destroys idiot, I'm sure, would probably bring it up if you Google that. Um, yeah. <laughs> what else is going on? This, <laughs> this evangelical leader denounced Trump. Then the death threat started. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, I mean, it's a funny old day. It's a funny old day. Uh, you know, I'll be, personally, I'll be glad to see the back of 2017. It was a, personally, it was a bit of a fucked up year for me. It was a lot of, uh, a lot of sickness with my dogs, a lot of problems with them. I have a couple of puppies that are with me right now, cuddling up. Um, and once the video side of this podcast starts, then uh, um, I'm sure they'll be making innumerable appearances because they are uh they are my uh they are my kids for lack of a better word and you know judge me for that as you will i don't give a fuck don't give a fuck because i love animals and i love my puppies and they're probably better than most of you so if you're not an animal lover turn the fucking podcast off because you have no business (laughs) you have no business listening to me um i'm a huge animal fan i'm a huge animal lover i'm a huge uh, proponent of having pets uh, and uh, taking care of taking care of our animals the best way we possibly can, and if that includes putting a little sweatshirt on them with a hoodie that says "Bazow," then that's what it takes. That's what I'm about. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. Um, where are we? Yeah, so about 40 minutes in. Uh, there's probably going to be a lot of editing because, again, Audacity, the the uh, recording uh, software that I use, is I don't know if it's my microphone or if it's Audacity, but it basically if I move my laptop, it seems to stop recording. So I've got about four or five files in each podcast that I have to then uh, 
compress and layer and edit into so they don't sound like I'm cutting out and stopping a thought, starting a thought, etc., etc. So there's some editing to be done there. Um, like I said, I think I mentioned it in the first podcast, uh, but I'm going to be doing about four or five of these over the next kind of couple of weeks to get the episode started so you guys can get a feel for who I am and what I do and, and what we're going to be talking about here. Uh, and hopefully next time I'll have a synopsis, but I don't know because I might press stop and pick up the recording right after this. We'll see. Um, but hopefully you'll get a feel for who 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 we are and what this podcast is. Um, like I said before, uh, we just want to be honest. We want to be um, want to be funny when it <laughs> when it happens. Uh, I'm not a comedian, uh, but. I'm sure some uh, there will be some humorous uh, outtakes and uh, and occurrences. We'll see. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, what we want to do is talk on issues. We want to talk on current events. We want to talk on what's going on in the world. Um, there is uh, some UFC news to talk about. I'll probably get to that in the next uh, podcast episode. Uh, there is uh, some other social issues I'm definitely going to talk about. I want to review the iPhone X, uh, which I got a couple of weeks ago, and for all intents and purposes, gets two thumbs up right now, and pretty close to a 10 out of 10 rating, but guess what? Three weeks in, and the screen started fucking up, and not displaying the content right, and not rendering the battery and the carrier signal, and all of that shit, Um, so again, there you go, 1,300 quid for a phone, and you get three weeks of optimum usage out of it, and then it starts to glitch out on you like a cocksucker. Because why? Because I haven't done the software upgrade yet to eleven point whatever the fuck it is this time. You know, it's like how about how about just make it right, Apple? How about how about you've got two hundred fifty billion fucking dollars in the bank? How about investing in some of making it making a goddamn phone like oh yeah, you don't care. Oh yeah, you don't care. It's like iPhone X comes out, you better not have a seven. God forbid you had a six like I did. Holy shit. That thing turned into a fucking... It might as, it might as well have been a Commodore 64. I couldn't do anything with it. My my uh, apps froze. My phone wouldn't work. Uh, my, um, my camera wouldn't work. Try taking a video. Get fucked. If I had 60% and, and turned the video on, it just... That was it. Battery said, good night. See you later. It was, um, it was pathetic. So I'm taking it for all it is now. It's, um, it's a great phone. The, the feedback is uh, is resoundingly positive, but I see some issues creeping in, and uh, and we'll go over that uh, when I come back on the next episode. Uh, but for right now, I'm going to sign off. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you do like my rantings and my ravings, and if my accent isn't too annoying for you, then uh, give us a like, subscribe, you know, feedback, comments, all of that stuff. Uh, we are... Um, we are the Quiet Part Loud podcast. I'm Daryl, your host, and I will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and uh, have a great day. All the best.